When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So it really takes you into far deeper levels um, of your consciousness. So we have different layers of consciousness. When you go to sleep at night, you really aren't aware of sleeping. And so you're in a sleep state. And that's what Yoga Nidra takes you into. It's a state that is so similar. In fact, I have a lot of students, because I still teach classes in it, uh, who you know, say, gee, I felt like I fell asleep. And yet I saw they were responding to guidance that I was giving. You know, we would do a mudra and they would do the mudra. And so it was just that they were in such a deep level of their consciousness. And by uh, approaching those deeper levels, that's really the place where we restore, renew, revitalize, even regenerate. It's really holding in onto that prana, that vital life force energy that opens all the channels and meridians and really activates healing. I, I've had a lot of doctors who send me clients or patients, you know, because they know the impact of yoga nidra and what a difference it makes. And I've made a lot of recordings that I've made available, my website and all sorts of places, because for me, this is one of the most empowering um techniques and practices someone can do. And when you do it uh, consistently, wow, miracles can happen. You know, we call them miracles, but we, mm -hmm. from a scientific point of view now, understand that it's, it's really just shifting the mindset and changing the energetic flow. The seven chakras, swirling vortices of energy positioned throughout our body from the base of the spine to the crown of the head. For thousands of years, this ancient wisdom has been passed on from master to disciple. What are the functions of these energy centers? And could these chakras help you unlock your destiny and find your true purpose? Welcome to My 7 Chakras. And now, your host, Aditya Jai Kumar. What's up, Action Tribe? AJ here, host and founder of My7Chakras, my7chakras.com, the show where we help you calm your mind, relax your nervous system, and experience deep states of bliss. In today's episode, I chat with my friend Peggy Sealfon about ways, techniques, and methods to help you reduce stress and invite more calm into your life. We talk about the journey of self-care and discover how it's never too late to make a change in your life by taking just one step in the right direction. And so we talk about many topics. I've got many questions to cover, uh, including spirituality and your own personal experience, your journey about connecting with, uh, with the universe around you. So if you'd like to subscribe, if you like the conversation that we're about to have, then make sure you hit the subscribe button or make sure you hit follow if you're on Spotify, because that does something amazing to the algorithm. And it allows our podcast to be in front of more eyes and in front of more years. So make sure that you hit subscribe. And 
before we begin, there's a, a new iTunes review that we've received, which I wanted to share as well by LA Model on iTunes. And she says, amazing, uh, for some background, <laughs> I used to think yoga and meditation were, uh, you know, I was were you she says you wouldn't be nice to say so let's just say i wasn't a big fan that was before i heard of aj's podcast he's such a wonderful speaker makes us feel at home right away and explains everything so simply that he challenged me to try some breathing exercises now aj is part of my daily life he has no idea thank you so much for forcing me to discover myself so if you would like for me to read out your review as well and have me give your company or yourself a shout out, then go to my7chakras.com forward slash review. The link is my7chakras.com forward slash review. And with that being said, let's bring on our special guest for today, Peggy Silphon. So Peggy Silphon is an internationally known personal development coach, author, and motivational speaker, blending trainings in diverse Eastern and Western traditions. She is most noted for her effective strategies in reducing anxiety, stress, trauma, and fears to improve well-being in every aspect of life. And her integrated life coaching system brings mind, body, and spirit into alignment and improves balance, performance, and health on this life's journey. A best-selling non-fiction book is Escape from Anxiety, Supercharge Your Life with Powerful Strategies from A to Z. She also published Embodying the Power of the Zero Stress Zone, the teachings of spiritual master Sri Amritji, Yogi Amrit Desai. So, Peggy, it's so wonderful to connect with you. Welcome to our show. Thank you so much, AJ. It is really a joy to be here with you again. We spoke a couple of years ago, and so much has happened in the last two years. So I'm really delighted to be back with you. Thank you. Yeah, a lot has happened. And we've been touched from time to time, um, you know, via email or via message. And it's so wonderful to note that the time has come once again for you to be on my show. How's life in Florida? You're still in Florida, right? I am. I am in Naples, Florida on the Gulf of Mexico and life is fabulous. I have to tell you, I feel gratitude every day that I'm in this beautiful sun-filled environment with beautiful flowers blooming, with Gulf of Mexico waves lapping on the beaches and that I can be outdoors. Uh, and especially going through last year, that really helped my whole survival through all the challenges that so many of us went through in 2020. It was grand being here in Florida. Mm. So how is life like in Florida for you right now um, in the midst of uh, this pandemic? How is it influencing you um, and, and, and how is your day-to-day -day life like? Great question. Um, I think the influence was much more intensively felt uh, last year. This year, things are lightening up because people are feeling more comfortable about uh, the resolutions that are before us. I'm not sure I agree with all of them, but that's another that's another show. Mm. Um, but um, it it 
again, because we have such an outdoor lifestyle, that in itself has mitigated many of the issues that we were that so many people have been facing with COVID. Um, and I'm still very cautious. So when I do go to restaurants, I only eat outdoors. And fortunately, I live in an environment that I can do that. So, um, so much of my activities are really predicated on where will that take me? So I don't spend time indoors unless I'm in my home. So mm. I've just taken precautions. But again, because I'm in this beautiful tropical climate and we've had really beautiful weather, I can be outdoors and really immersed in nature, which really is helpful for reducing stress, anxiety, and really connecting to uh, great energies. Right. That is amazing. And Felix Martin added a comment. He says, thank you, AJ, for all you do. You always know the right questions to ask. Yeah, I mean, you know, I wish I could take credit for all of that. But the thing is that I try to connect with my intuition and allow for, you know, any questions that need to be asked in the moment. And I go by what my instinct is telling me. And usually my instinct tells me to talk about how... Uh, a person grew up, right? So maybe Peggy, if you could tell us about, um, you know, where were you born and brought up and what was your childhood like? Oh, wow. We're going way back. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm originally from New York City Mm. and I actually grew up in a little suburb, a little place called Neponset, which was part of Queens. And it was actually right on the Atlantic Ocean. So being in Naples is actually, for me, a bit reminiscent of where I grew up because I have access to the beach, to water. It's the Gulf, not the Atlantic. But it was a lovely place to grow up, and I was 45 minutes from New York City. Um, so my orientation was the city, and I ended up going to New York University and lived in Greenwich Village for uh, most of my early adult life, which was a fabulous experience to be in the village. And I became a writer. I was actually writing for the New York Times and Newsweek International and getting to do all these really great, interesting stories. On the other side, it's very stressful existence living in New York City. And I used to ride a motorcycle around New York, which Mm. people look at me. I'm I'm only 5'1", petite. People say, what? You rode a motorcycle? But that was how I commuted around the city. And it it was a stressful lifestyle. So I went through a lot of highs and lows, which is how I really ended up on this track of personal development and learning different methodologies for managing those kinds of stresses and anxieties. But the early years were great growing up by the beach and having that orientation. And now I feel like I've kind of come home in a sense, completely different culture, mm-hmm. um, not being in New York, but it's still just a really gratifying lifestyle. Great. And uh, did you have any spiritual experiences as a kid? So I was explaining that um, I did have quite a few that I didn't understand and there was really no one to talk to to help me understand. And since those days, I've come to understand that I have um, 
clairsentient. So when I'm with people, I can feel, and it feels like intuition, you know, it just feels like a knowing, but I know very deep things about people that um, are a little alarming at times. And so when I was very young, it was kind of disturbing to me. Um, And again, I didn't know what to do with it. And put that together with, and this is just occurring to me in this moment, um, when I was six, I developed uh, an illness that no one could diagnose. And I think some of that just came out of my own sort of personal disturbances. And so um, at six, two months is, an, is a lifetime, is an extraordinarily long time. And I was bedridden for two months with what doctors called a fever of unidentified origin. So the fever of unidentifiable origin, is that what it was called? That's what they called it, an F-U-O. I felt like I was an alien or something. <laughs> F-U-O. Um, and, I, and, I, and I couldn't go to school for two months. I missed right. two months of second grade. And that was, you know, I just felt so out of sorts with my classmates. And, and, and also I got a very early message that I was a sickly person. Mm-hmm. And that carried with me for a while. Um, when I was older, I was... Uh, at 11 and I went to summer camp mm-hmm. and that summer I managed to be the only one in the entire camp who got the mumps and I was in isolation. So mm-hmm. a lot of things like this just kind of kept following through my early years. So interesting um, retrospective of just that understanding of mind, body, spirit and how we are so integrated. And when we're out of balance, things happen. Yeah. So how did you stumble upon, um, yoga, and meditation? Mm. So when I was living in New York City in this stressful existence, Mm -hmm. I had to find some way to escape the stress and that bombardment. You know, New York is so loud. You can't be in a building without feeling the vibrations of the building and the sounds of the traffic and the sirens. And so I needed to find a place of peace. Mm -hmm. And so I actually started um, studying at the Integral Yoga Institute, which was not far from where I was living in Greenwich Village. And um, and that really sort of set me on that path of breathing techniques. And I know you're an expert at that. And being able to really quiet your mind to the point where you can see and understand things with greater clarity. And then I kind of got away from that. And my next major introduction was meeting Amrit Desai, Yogi Amrit Desai, Sri Amriti, and um, starting to study with him. And that's what really opened the floodgates for me and really connected me to an inner place within myself that I had long ago forgotten. And Mm -hmm. meditation, mindfulness, breathing techniques can really reconnect you to your true self, to who you authentically are rather than who you think you should be or who you're patterning yourself after, but really connecting to your heart and really understanding who you truly are at that deeper level. And when you get to that place, um, the world becomes such an adventure and so much more accessible to be able to do so many more things for yourself and for others. I mean, for me, my, my biggest commitment has been really for others to help others Um, stop the suffering and to be able to learn techniques and manage their lives in ways that are more productive and happier and, and 
just more fulfilling because as you know, AJ, when we help others, um, you know, we're really helping ourselves because everybody's vibrational frequencies raise up and we all are improved by the impact of that. And so the more we share, the more we help others. And I, I, I just congratulate you so much for all of the work that you've done and, and staying on this path of really sharing this with so many people. Cause I think it's really important. I've always believed, you know, People are the best resources for one another, and we need to help one another and help one another, um, you know, lift our spirits and show the path. And everyone has to make their own decisions ultimately, but you can open the path in ways that make it a little bit more effortless. And that's what I've really been devoted to. That's amazing. So, um when you discovered or learned about uh, Yogi Amrit Desai, where were you in your life? How long back is this? And uh, how what was that encounter like? I mean, so did you like read it? I can't see online, but did you, you know, did you, did somebody tell you about it, or did you read uh, something in the newspaper, or what was happening back, you know, back then? You know, it was interesting. It was actually. Um when I first relocated to Southwest Florida yeah. and I, um, which is now shockingly to me 30 years ago. Yeah. Um, and I, uh, went with a girlfriend to Asheville and she was drawn to this yoga studio. And so I went with her and the, um, instructor there and the owner of the studio mentioned Yogi Amritasai, and somehow that name just stuck. Two weeks later, my girlfriend sees a workshop being offered by Yogi Amritasai, five hours from where we're living in the middle of the Ocala National Forest in Florida. And there we were driving up for that weekend. And um, it was transformational. It really was. And, you know, there's hundreds of people that went to his programs back in those days and uh you felt like you were the only one he was talking to he he just has such um an energy and a connectivity that uh resonates in ways that are unspeakable i mean it's all about vibrations and frequencies and shakti pod and bam you know and so that really impressed me how that made me feel mm-hmm. but of course then i went back life and I was all stressed and busy again and I couldn't hold on to it so that's when I began training so that I could sustain that Hmm. so how did it make you feel well really um, connected to my essence my soul my true self And to that little girl, you know, from long ago, who sort of knew things and who who I had detached from. And so it was a reconnection to, I felt, another place and a deeper dimension within me um, that allowed me to really step up and expand and really be able to do so much more. And actually, it was uh, during my yoga nidra training, and I think we talked about on our last show, yoga nidra, which was really what changed my whole perception about yoga and meditation, because Mm. yoga nidra is not the type of yoga that you're doing a lot of 
twisting movements and asanas. It's really lying in a relaxation pose and going into very deep levels of relaxation through kind of a guided meditation. And you're taken into this yogic sleep. And so when I was at that training, I remember just thinking this needs to be packaged in a way that we can give it to more people because this is so powerful. And it was at that moment that I thought, you know what, I'm a writer. I'm going to do a book about this. Mm. It took 10 years, but eventually embodying the power of the zero stress zone emerged. And it wasn't specifically about yoga nidra. In fact, um, it really uh, covers the quantum breath meditation, but it's really about understanding that deeper place that we all need to connect to, to be fulfilled and to really be empowered to be all that we are. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And so uh, when we think about yoga nidra, right, how is yoga nidra different from other guided meditations? Because you've sort of implied that it is yogic sleep. So help us understand this better. That's a great question. So it really takes you into far deeper levels um, of your consciousness. So we have different layers of consciousness. When you go to sleep at night, you really aren't aware of sleeping. And so you're in a sleep state. And that's what yoga nidra takes you into. It's a state that is so similar. In fact, I have a lot of students, because I still teach classes in it, uh, who, you know, say, gee, I felt like I fell asleep. And yet I saw they were responding to guidance that I was giving. You know, we would do a mudra and they would do the mudra. And so it was just that they were in such a deep level of their consciousness. And by uh, approaching those deeper levels, that's really the place where we restore, renew, revitalize, even regenerate. It's really holding in onto that prana, that vital life force energy that opens all the channels and meridians and really activates healing. I, I've had a lot of doctors who send me clients or patients, you know, because they know the impact of yoga nidra and what a difference it makes. And I've made a lot of recordings that I've made available, my website and all sorts of places, because for me, this is one of the most empowering um, techniques and practices someone can do and when you do it uh consistently wow miracles can happen you know we call them miracles but we Mm -hmm. from a scientific point of view now understand that it's it's really just shifting the mindset and changing the energetic flow yeah that's so interesting because i think that's why some people say right when you're doing a meditation maybe it's a guided meditation and you doze off that still has the same effect or influence on your mind, even though you're consciously not awake, your subconscious mind is still listening to the messages being played. Right? That's interesting how it works. Well, and that's the really interesting thing. And I'll tell you a quick story about a client who um, had terrible anxiety. Mm-hmm. And 
her life was perfect. So she didn't understand why every morning she woke up so anxious. Her marriage was great. She loved her work. But every morning she was nervous and shaking and really feeling miserable. Well, it finally turned out that she had a TV in her bedroom Mm -hmm. and her husband liked to fall asleep to these shoot 'em up, bang 'em up, loud movies and shows. Well, her hearing wasn't shut down, even though she said, well, but I was sleeping. That wouldn't have affected me. But it does because your hearing is still receiving Mm -hmm. and it's activating the fight or flight responses. You're hearing screeching brakes and guns shooting. Boom, you're in that stress response. So Mm -hmm. every morning she full of anxiety because she was getting this stress overload. All these stress hormones were being released in her body. So once that was identified... Her husband started watching these movies in another room and the anxiety away within a couple of weeks. It was amazing. Yeah, that's interesting because uh, I've been wanting to ask this for quite a while now because you, you look at what is popular in, in, in mainstream culture, right? You look at the video games, PS5, Xbox, there's a lot of gore, there's a lot of violence that's going on in the in the games, right? Shooting up people, knocking people down. And you take it so, you know, it's, it's just a, in conversation that these uh, this violence has been spoken about. Also, if you look at what's happening in, in music, in pop culture, everything like the subliminal messages, what we see on TV... It's taken for granted, but it's still affecting our mind, right? Especially children's minds. What are your thoughts on that? Well, absolutely. I mean, you know, especially music because those vibrational yeah. frequencies. I mean, you know, we know now how how we can use music for healing, yeah. sound, heal, and certain frequencies of music yeah. can restore bones and restore your DNA. So, yes, yeah, sound is really impactful. And you know, and now we have added to that all the digital devices. I've actually written stories about this on Medium because I, I question, is technology ruining our brains? Because, mm-hmm. first of all, being on digital devices so much has an effect on the eyes, the receptors. And so is it changing neural pathways in the process? And is it bombarding us? We know that it affects people's sleep when they use their devices too close to bedtime because the white light feels like, well, it's daytime and it activates this, you know, stay awake urge. Yeah. And so that will have a hard time going to sleep. So, and, and then we have, you know, social media, which also influences thought processes, influences people's belief systems. So it's all of these things at once. And so, you know, I happen to be, uh, 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 I mean, I love technology, but I love when it's used in positive, constructive ways. And sometimes I think it's so misused mm-hmm. and it ends up really harming our biology and our humanness. So yeah. there's a delicate balance there and we really have to pay attention to it. We have to question it and make good choices, especially for kids. You know, mm-hmm. kids are exposed to digital now and learning via digital as well so it's really something we need to pay attention to yeah we've not had social media long enough for us to really study the long-term impacts of social media right if you look at the news news press or 
publications we've had it for a long time we've had radio for a long time we've had television for a long time but social media whether it's facebook or youtube these are like new platforms if you look at the grants you know the evolution of 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 mankind or or humanity overall and uh, you have a new social media platform coming up every couple of months and now you have clubhouse you've got tiktok you've got youtube shorts and there's this fear of missing out if somebody who's on the path of entrepreneurship and wanting to be a visionary you feel the need to be on each and every platform and the thing is that all these platforms hire neuroscientists right that are studying the human mind so in other terms it feels like there's a war on consciousness everyone wants to capture your consciousness your awareness and they want you they want to hook you onto their platform and to their message and to their narrative so to speak you are so right and that's really the concern right now because there are uh so many studies that have shown the influence especially again on young people where mm. you know that FOMO of fear of missing out becomes really acute in youngsters where they're feeling isolated they're feeling alone they're feeling they're not part of the tribe uh <laughs> they're not being included um and just the information that they're getting and there's so much misinformation that's being perpetuated it shocks me sometimes i see really intelligent people that i personally know posting information that they've picked up from some other source that i know is completely erroneous and i, I you know and i feel compelled to give them the counter story yeah. and have them look at it more broadly because no one takes the time to check the veracity of certain pieces of information that we get via social media yeah. and so it gets just it comes viral and then this misinformation becomes fact and it isn't and that's where we go awry and look i know so many people who've gotten off social media altogether because they want more peace they want more calm and social media tends to be very stimulating and concerning you know you see this beautiful picture of this family on a trip in a beautiful location and you think <laughs> I don't have a beautiful family like that. How come I'm not in this beautiful location? So there's a lot of that kind of comparison and judgment going on and it's it's changing. There's even some new studies that just came out of Stanford about doing Zoom uh, so much mm -hmm. and that that also has an effect with all these eyes staring at you from yeah. Zoom that it actually activates a certain survival reaction in some people and some people can feel discomfort from that. So, I mean, there's so many things that we're still just learning about because as you point out, yeah. a lot of these are relatively new platforms and relatively yeah. newly used. And and I think that all of this technology especially in the last one year has taken away some of our rituals that we as humans have engaged in whether it's rituals of birthing or whether it's rituals of of, of even dying cuz recently i came across a new story about a zoom about a funeral that was live streamed on zoom because people could not wow. attend the funeral isn't that crazy yeah. we've we're trying to change our relationship to death and well you know i mean on the other side of the coin yeah um you know the technology has given us an opportunity to connect 
I mean, I'll be honest, personally, I've seen my extended family who are in Canada and, you know, all over the U.S., more in the last year than I've seen them in the last 10 years because we've been getting on these Zoom calls. And, you know, and we do little breakout rooms. You can go in the living room or the kitchen yeah. or hang out with someone in the den. And it's, you know, it makes it kind of fun. Yeah. But, again, I think, you know, it's been taken to extremes. And there's so many of these technologies that have been misused. And that's what's of concern. And that's what we need to as mm-hmm. an individual, make better choices about and pay more attention to and not just take things at face value. Oh, wow, look at this piece of news. You know, <laughs> but what's the source? Where'd that come from? You know, is that real? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And also in I think it was a few years back where you were doing uh, Qigong. Um, mm. Do you still do Qigong? And how did you find it? Because I, I love Qigong I myself, you know. I love it. I, I trained with um, Master uh, Hung Lee, who uh, trained. He was he's a medical doctor originally in Shanghai. Mm-hmm. Trained with a grandmaster for years. Had to climb up this mountain to train with him. And what he taught us, he came to Naples and did a workshop. And he taught us um, the Golden Eight, okay. and from a medical perspective. So right. there's a lot of different variations of the Eight Brocade and the Golden Eight, but. I love what he taught us, and I I do it every morning. I just, it's simple. It's, you know, just eight movements that you repeat a number of times. But I do feel it awakens every part of the body. It gets every organ moving, and it's uh, it's a calming technique for mind and a healing, healthful technique for body. So I I love doing it. I have a couple of them, uh, the first two of them on my YouTube channel, um, I have, um, and it's. I like actually the first one is is probably one of the best. If you do nothing else, if you just did the first one first thing in the morning, it's very calming. This episode is brought to you by me, AJ, because I'm offering you a free breathwork foundations course. If you've been interested in exploring breathwork and learning about the why behind breathwork, including the science and evidence that makes this ancient practice so amazing, then you got to check out this course. You will discover how to correct your breathing, how to boost your immunity and protect yourself from pathogens and bacteria, what the ancients told us about breath, how to lose weight using breathwork, how to improve sleep, digestion and mental clarity using a simple breathing technique. So come enroll in this free course and learn the basics of breathwork by going to my7chakras.com forward slash free breathwork course. That's my7 is a word, my7chakras.com forward slash free breathwork course. Once again, that's my7chakras.com forward slash free breathwork course. Yeah, I love how you mentioned that uh, there's there's a there's a huge movement now where uh, you know doctors and scientists and people from all spectrums of society, maybe it's shamans or yogis and and people are you know blending science with spirit even more now, and it makes it more interesting where somebody is able to learn about the why behind meditation, the why behind breath work, and the why behind practices like Qigong, how it influences the 
parasympathetic nervous system? What kind of chemicals are released as a result of it? How does it make you feel? It, it Although we'll never get to know the whole mystery, it just uh, is interesting to know at least some part of it. <laughs> well, and to quantify some part of it. And yeah. I think, you know, um, years ago, uh, Dr. Herbert Benson did studies at Harvard that quantified um, what relaxation responses can do for body and mind. Mm-hmm. And what he showed was um, he took people who had never done any kind of meditation or relaxation, yoga nidra, nothing, mm-hmm. took all their body signs and so forth, and then taught them a 20-minute technique that they had to do every day for eight weeks yep. and then come back and retest it. And at the end of that eight weeks, he found that over 1,500 genes in their bodies were expressed more healthfully. So it has a huge impact. And that was one of the first kind of scientific uh, discoveries of that. But, I mean, I have a really good friend who works with Dr. Joe Dispenza. And so I've been following Dr. Joe a lot. And he really brings that science and meditation together and really talks about the quantum field and and how to access healing and Mm. how you can step into this quantum field and step into your future self Mm. and be able to literally affect the cells in your body. Uh, It's remarkable. But, you know, and again, in in past, when shamans did the magic that they do, we would call it miracles. And now, again, we're seeing more and more how to sustain those miracles and how to do them more often, how to make them part of our lives Mm -hmm. and make them part of our you know, using our biology. Mm. So it's kind of exciting. Yeah, it's a really interesting place that we're going in, um, in our, in life, as well as in this conversation, because, uh, because, you know, what are your thoughts on, on our self, right? Our identity. Do you believe that it's just one self? Or do you believe that we have a future self? We have a past self. We have different selves of ourselves and in different um, you know, versions or diff- alternate realities based on what decision we took. Like one decision could be like, we are doing this conversation today. Maybe one self of you is where you said, you know, I can't meet, I can't make the schedule, schedule for today's interview. And you are living you know, that reality. Uh, so what are your thoughts on, on this? So, you know, that's a really interesting question. I really encourage you to invite Tom Moore to come onto your show. You need to talk to him. So he channels a lot of different entities, including Gaia and um, different uh, aliens. And what he has quantified over time and years that I've been reading him is that we actually exist simultaneously on 10 different timelines. Okay. And, and so we sometimes move in and out of the different timelines, which is why we get bizarre dreams or, you know, we, we sort of get insight or we see something happening in one of the other timelines. Um, and, and that we, our souls are not one whole entity, but are actually fragments. So there's parts of us in other places yeah. and, um, and it is perpetuated. I mean, our, you know, energy doesn't die. And so our souls are really energy. And so even though our physical bodies perish, our souls are infinite. And 
they go on forever. So, um, but I, I really encourage you to bring Tom Moore on because, um, you know, this is, these are the areas he has explored so in depth and it will blow your mind, but it's fascinating. And to be honest, like, because of what I mentioned earlier, being clairsentient and all of that, I've seen things in some of these other timelines that were just very confusing to me. And so when I first started learning about that from Tom Moore, I mean, it seemed really esoteric and bizarre. And I do have this like science side that's like, wait, that can't be. Mm-hmm. And yet I've had these experiences where I feel like well, maybe that can be, you know, my, my vote's out on it. <laughs> right. I mean, Sometimes as human beings, we have these experiences and we want to believe in that because we've had a glimpse into that way of reality. And uh, sometimes it takes somebody else to do the research and, 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 and encourage us to go down that route and find it out for ourselves. Because we want to, right, connect with our past yeah. selves oh, and our absolutely. future selves. It, I mean, <laughs> I would think especially the AJ tribe would yeah. be really interesting that because you know they are people who've been meditating and who've been having um maybe out of body experiences and especially mm-hmm. through breath work uh so i think we all realize there is something clearly more than just our physical existences yeah. and we know there are energy fields we know there's quantum and so there's again a lot of science now that supports a lot of the intuitive feelings that many of us have had for years. Yeah, don't you it, agree? Yeah, totally. I, I I really agree with that. And you know, the more research we do about some practices that we take for granted, the more we learn about our own place in the universe. And one practice that we take for granted is sleep. Right? Everyone sleeps. You don't have to be a spiritual person to sleep. And yet, we're still uncovering so many different aspects of sleep. One is obviously the relaxation that we get. But when we sleep, you know, what are we connecting to? Who do we meet? Who are these dream characters that we interact with in our dreams? Right? This, this is such a huge topic of sleep. And the question that I'd like to start with is, how does our sleep quality impact our day-to-day life from your perspective? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I, I mean, that... You know, sleep is a big problem for a lot of people. Uh, A lot of people, millions suffer insomnia. And of course, some people just have difficulties one night or another. But uh, if you have sustainable issues, it can be a huge problem because when you don't get enough sleep, first of all, during the night, our biology, our physiology goes through repair cycles. Different organs repair during different hours of your sleep cycle. So that's really important. But then the mind really needs time also to um, rest and restore. And if you don't get the proper time, if you don't get quality sleep, Mm -hmm. you tend to not be able to make good decisions. You also tend to gain weight because the body releases a lot more cortisol. So you crave carbohydrates and you start putting on pounds when you and you're wondering, why am I 
putting on so much weight. Yeah. Um, but also you lose your reflexes, you, you lose your performance capabilities, you're definitely compromised. Um, the uh, DOT, the Department of Transportation in the U.S. at one point did a study about um, sleep deprivation and how ac- so many accidents uh, were caused by sleep deprivation that they actually eclipsed the number of accidents from DUIs, from driving under the influence of alcohol. So yeah. sleep compromises our behavior. It makes us irritable, quick to um, anger. And what it really does that I, so many of my clients have issues with are it really suppresses coping mechanisms. So it makes us it makes it so much harder to deal with everyday irritations or challenges. The kids asking for something, oh, shut up already, you know, because you just haven't had enough sleep to be able to say, wait, I'll be with you in a minute, you know. Instead, you yeah. just have the reaction. Um, sleep is so critical, so important. And that's why I love Yoga Nidra because just doing Yoga Nidra for 20 minutes, 30 minutes is equivalent to three to four hours of deep restorative sleep. Mm-hmm. And I don't really recommend it as a substitute, but I'll be honest, I've used it when I just haven't slept well. I've had to do workshops and I just couldn't sleep at night. I was kind of excited and stimulated and I just couldn't get myself to sleep. I meditated. That didn't work. I did Yoga Nidra and by the time I got up in the morning, I was fresh as a daisy, ready to go. So um, sleep is really important. It's probably more important than eating. Yeah, I still remember when I was uh, a kid and on my mom's side, we used to go to her home, my grandmother's home, and they had a family culture of having naps in the afternoon. So they would have lunch and then everyone would just go to sleep. And on my dad's side, that was really, there was a stark difference. And so on my mom's side, I remember like everyone would go to sleep, right? And then wake up at maybe 3.30-ish, right? And then have some have some tea, have some snacks. But I could feel that just that nap was so restorative. It was so therapeutic. It was so calming. And I don't do it often. I don't do it enough. Well, that's why I love Yoga Nidra, um, because it's kind of like a power nap. Right. But naps are really good as well. And, you know, in the mid-afternoon, we have our circadian rhythms, and that's a slump time. That's a time when our energies drop and people go for that shot of coffee or caffeine or, you know, some power drink. And if you just literally took 15, 20 minutes to take a power nap or to do yoga nidra, it would change your life. And it's very European. Europeans all have, you know, they start early in the morning, (laughs) then you do an afternoon nap, and then you work till later into the evening, and then you have a late dinner, which I don't recommend. But but that's that's a very sort of cosmopolitan kind of approach to lifestyle. And I found when I traveled overseas, um, I found it really charming and I kind of got used to it. I liked having that little break in the middle of the afternoon. Again, that's a time when our biorhythms drop. So it is a good time to take a time out and to meditate or to take a nap. So, yeah. That's a so Learn from experience. Learn from experience, exactly. And so uh, in helping us you know, get better quality sleep. What is an evening routine or do you even have an evening routine that sort of helps you prepare for sleep? 
Oh, absolutely. You know, it's really important to wind down and to start maybe 45 minutes to an hour before you want to go to sleep so that you can really start preparing body-mind for that relaxation experience. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, one of the things is turning off digital devices or there's a lot of apps now that give you a warm tone so it (laughs) simulates more evening light. Uh, So it begins to train your mind into relaxing and getting sleepy. Um, But just to have a routine is a good idea. So it can be things like doing some meditation or reading a book or uh, taking a warm bath or doing some gentle stretching movements, not heavy exercise, but just something that's going to be calming and relaxing. Um, One of the things I actually like to do, which is really great for the circulation and really helps you calm down, is a yoga posture where you just lie on your back and you put your legs up at a 45 degree, a 90 degree angle up on the wall Mm -hmm. and just do some deep breathing in that position and that really helps calm it works the digestive system it helps calm the you're smiling is is that something you do you know as a kid i used to do that all the time i used to do that (laughs) all the time to my mom's agony actually because i used to put me in like this uh, class where like a tuition class for for studying and helping me with homework and I used to put my legs up all the time maybe it was my body wanting to do an inversion and do this yoga posture right (laughs) right but it's very relaxing and so if you do that for 10 or 15 minutes and just accompany it with some nice slow deep breathing um you feel great and then and then you're ready for sleep hmm the other thing that I'll, I'll share with you that I use, I've also trained in Ho'oponopono, and yeah. I won't go into an explanation of it, but um, I use that sometimes when the mind starts running, even when you're lying with your head on your pillow. Mm-hmm. I'll just use, I love you, please forgive me, thank you, I'm sorry. And I just repeat that over and over and over again. It just stops the thought patterns, and the next thing I know, it's morning. So that works really well for me. Yeah, because it's very important to ensure that you're going into sleep with the right thoughts, right? Because your mind is in a state of hypnogogia. And whatever, you know, coming back to what we started with, whatever idea or message that you're hearing as you go to sleep is going to be ingrained into your subconscious mind in your long-term memory. And that's where, you know, we develop traumas and limited mindsets and fear-based programming. It's because we're not keeping in mind, right, what are the messages that are going into our brains before we go to sleep. Absolutely. And that's another great option. I like to do that first thing in the morning, start with like an affirmation or a mantra or just a positive statement that allows me to show up in my day in a positive way. But that's a a good technique to use at night as well, to have an affirmation that you just really want to embrace and be able to incorporate into your life in a more proactive way. That works really well. Hmm. And I think you mentioned... uh, uh you know, journaling as well, right? Do you, do you like journaling? Because I've found oh, journaling absolutely. to be really, really, you know, therapeutic, calming, and uh, also um, explorative over the years because it's allowed me to, you know, explore aspects of my imagination and my mind that I could not do by just talking about it. 
Absolutely. It helps you to, to really see yourself, to reveal yourself to yourself. Mm. Also, just the act of writing or, you know, just quantifying your thoughts yep. really helps. I actually with I have a number of clients I work with who have post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm-hmm. And I have them journal about things that are really irritating or bothering them. And then they burn it. Yeah. So they put all their problems, all their concerns turns down on paper and then they burn it and so all of their worries go up in smoke literally and it's a real psychological impact that can really help them release things that they're holding on to the other thing i find really helpful is sometimes to defer worrying to a specific time so Let's say you are just so aggravated about something, it's four o'clock in the afternoon, but your time to journal is nine o'clock in the morning. So you have to table that thought until nine o'clock in the morning, and then you journal on it. And by deferring to a specific time, first of all, it helps your journaling process if you do it at the same time and there's consistency about it. But also it begins to train you into letting go of worry. You don't have to worry every minute. You know, when we go to sleep sometimes, the worry is what's keeping us awake. And so you can table that worry and you can consciously decide, I'm not going to worry about that right now. I'll worry about it in the morning. You know, like Scarlett O'Hara, I'll think about that tomorrow. But Mm. it really does make a difference in how you deal with situations that can be troubling because also by giving yourself some breathing room, not getting caught up in worry and fear, Mm -hmm. which shuts down your brain functions and shuts down your coping abilities, you're giving yourself an opportunity to actually work out a solution unconsciously or subconsciously and all of a sudden then it manifests so it's it's a really helpful technique but everybody's got to experiment for themselves there's no one technique fits all you have to work it and see what resonates with you what fits with your lifestyle your way of being some people just hate writing so that wouldn't work for someone who just doesn't like to do it at all Mm -hmm. um you know Maybe instead they just need to sing when they're worried. And singing actually activates the vagus nerve, which activates the parasympathetic nervous system. So there's lots of different techniques, but I do like journaling. Yeah, journaling. I love uh, journaling for sure. And I love that you introduced the idea of scheduling your worrying right sometimes it's good to explore something that's worrying you but uh, not right now because you've got other things to worry about or or to work on and so it's it's a great idea to you know put it down and then say okay let's think about that tomorrow morning because then you can explore it and maybe you're in a different state of mind and maybe that worry is not so much of a worry tomorrow Uh, and the other thing that came to my mind was also for a lot of entrepreneurial or creative minds, we get ideas out of nowhere and this idea and that idea. And and if we don't do something about it, that idea is going to go away. <laughs> so <laughs> it's good to write, uh, just uh, make a note in your journal or maybe on your phone because I've got a Google Keep app and I uh, you know write down anything that's on my mind so that when I do have more time for journaling, that I can you know further explore it. But you're very right. That's it. A- way to do it. I do the same. I have 
uh, a little voice recorder app on my phone and I'll just, I'll be driving my car because that's a great time to start thinking about ideas. You know, mm -hmm. when you're occupied with focusing on the road, the mind is let loose, be imaginative yeah. and a lot of ideas surface then or sometimes when I'm walking and I always have my phone with me and I'll just uh, record into the phone to save that thought. Yeah, those are great ideas. Mm -hmm. And so... The other thing I wanted to explore was uh, fear. You know, fear is there in each and every person's life. And sometimes it has a way of paralyzing us and not allowing us to, you know, live or to go to the next level or to operate or to fully express our human condition. Um, do you have fears? <laughs> and and how, do you, how do you deal with them apart from some of the techniques that you've already shared, uh, yoga nidra and journaling? Do any other things come to mind when it comes to either navigating or to dealing with fears? Fear is extremely paralyzing, as you said. It is really crippling and does shut down our abilities in everything, in every way. Mm -hmm. um, you can't love. You can't um, be in a relationship fully and completely when you're in fear. Yeah. Uh, can't even eat. I mean, you're just not digesting your food. You're not digesting your thoughts. It just really stops you in your tracks. And I, I don't know, maybe this is a good time to share my story <laughs> about the 2020 pandemic, because here I am trained in all of these different practices. Mm -hmm. I'm trained in Eastern and Western. And I, 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 I you know, I, I pride myself on the fact that I have so many techniques at my fingertips. But in the middle of the 2020 pandemic, I experienced fear. And I experienced because I was working on a project that I wanted to share with the world. And so I was videotaping nature and creating these programs, mindfulness moments from the Paradise Coast. And I was on this high boulder overlooking the Gulf of Mexico. And there was this beautiful snowy white egret perched on the top. And I got like as close as I am to my microphone to this egret. And I was so excited. I was bonding with this bird. And um, I finished and I turned to descend and I was barefooted and my feet were wet and I slipped and I didn't want to break my camera. So I landed on my left arm and crushed it, just crushed it. I mean, it was, and it's the middle of the pandemic, you know, who wants to go to the emergency room? I decided it's just a sprain, I'm going home. And my, my guy was actually away, so I was by myself and trying mm -hmm. to manage with one hand. And I thought, I had just rationalized, okay, it's just a sprain, no big deal. So I was trying to sort of sit on that fear of having something major wrong. Well, after the weekend, I was still in pretty bad, bad pain. So I went to get an x-ray and I've never had surgery in my life. And when the x-ray technician called me and said, well, do you have a good surgeon? Talk about fear. I mean, I just could not believe how it's it's so invasive to your whole body. I mean, you feel it to the core mm -hmm. and you can't see anything but the fear and the worry and the confusion and the uncertainty of what was going to happen. And um, I 
ended up getting a second opinion on it from, and I, I play competitive tennis. And so this was really a blow. And um, I got a second opinion from a medical director of the uh, U.S. Ryder Cup tennis team who said, if I didn't have surgery, I would never play tennis again. So I went to a surgeon and he wanted to put a plate in my arm. And I said, oh my gosh, I don't want a foreign object in my arm. And he looked at me and he said, it's titanium. I'm like, wait a minute, that's not a foreign object. <laughs> but um, so I suffered tremendously during that period of time because I was so fearful about going under, having an anesthesia, having surgery, having a plate put in my arm. Um, and so what I found myself doing was meditating. I was listening almost 24-7 to healing music through YouTube. I was downloading all these bone healing programs, DNA healing programs, and listening to beautiful sounds. It just filled my place with it. And um, I just kept um, watching different programs, Joe Dispenza and uh, Bruce Lipton and Greg Braden, and just learning all these different techniques were you know, all work in progress. You can always learn new techniques. And so I was practicing everything I was learning, everything I was experiencing. And it really opened me up in a completely different way. First of all, we were in the middle of pandemic. So a lot of things were shut down. Mm -hmm. And so I almost felt uh, free to not have to do anything. I didn't have to perform. Although I did have uh, nerve damage, uh, which was very painful for a while, but I just continued my practices. And suddenly I had this ideas that started just flowing into my brain. And I was okay enough to get in front of my computer and I started typing. And I birthed a story that's purely fiction called Awakening. And it, it, it literally just flowed from spirit. And I found it such an, a unique experience. And I think had I not gone through the fear and the anxiety and the worry <clears throat> and allowed myself to work on all of those things, um, it opened me up in a way that I had become a channel. Mm. And it... It's such a joy for me to write this book, this novel, because every day I would come to the keyboard. First thing in the morning, I'd be at my keyboard because I'd be dying to know what's going to happen to my characters next because I didn't know. Mm. Most fictional writers plot out their stories. Mine just came from this wonderful muse who I thanked every day <laughs> for mm -hmm. being there. And it was such an exciting journey. And so the story is actually about personal development. It's about a 45-year-old woman who has a horrific motorcycle accident. And when she comes to consciousness, when she awakens, she begins to question her whole life. Has she lived it all wrong? What is she doing with her life? And so it takes her on a journey confronting her past and takes her to the south of France and to New York City and London. And um, so for me, it was kind of funny because Patrick, my life partner, would come home from work because he was still working every day. And he would say, I'm really getting worried about you. You're spending so much time by yourself. And I'd say, Patrick, I'm having a blast. I'm traveling all over the world with these amazing characters. Mm. So, so fear, if you let it cripple you, will stop the flow will stop your energy, will stop your imagination, will stop your creativity, will stop your ability to perform in any way. But if you mitigate the fears, 
it actually can lead to something, uh, an opening. So I am a big believer that adver- adversity leads to breakthroughs. So if you're experiencing something horrible right now that for you feels horrible, know that the door is opening, there's another side, and you're on your way to it. And the adversity is propelling you forward. And, you know, that for me really helped come to grips with everything that I had gone through because it was, um, you know, just such a self um, limiting experience on one hand and then an incredible awakening mm. on another. So. Wonderful. It's a great story that, uh, or an experience <laughs> that you had to go through in 2020. And I'm sure everyone has their own version of story that they went through. Um, it was uh, very hard for almost everyone who is listening um, to this um, stream right now. And I didn't know this. I didn't know that you had to go through this injury, which I'm sure must have been really, really painful and uh, also well, fearful, and so, like you said. Well, and I feel that we can heal ourselves. So I was really mm. tempted to try to heal it. But when the second doctor said you'd never play tennis again if you don't have surgery, <laughs> that sent me to surgery. Again, fear. It's hard to make decisions. Um, Mm. I don't, you know, but um, I'm actually really excited because just this year now in 2021, Awakening a Novel just got two Firebird Book Awards, one for um, spiritual fiction and one for psychological fiction. So I'm really thrilled that it's, Mm -hmm. you know, out there now. It's on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. So I'm really thrilled. Yeah, I mean, the imagery that comes to my mind is sometimes when we are going through a lot of struggle, you know, the universe will literally crack you open, but it's going to crack you open because it wants the light to shine through. Oh, gosh, that's beautiful. Right? I love that. It's going to break you down. It's going to tear you apart, but it's not going to destroy you. It's just going to allow for the light to shine through, which otherwise was hidden behind uh, behind the walls. So it's wonderful. I have to say, I have to say that is really beautiful. The the other thing that I kept telling myself at the time Mm -hmm. that it was all happening to me is what am I supposed to learn from this? Because I've always felt if you learn from that adversity, then you're growing and it's served a purpose. So Mm -hmm. it served the opportunity for that light to flow through that you just mentioned. And that was such a beautiful way to, to see it because it does crack us open and it does connect us to the universe in a different way Mm -hmm. than we ever realized was possible. Yeah, that's very, very true. And also it, 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 it uh, brings to my mind that, you know, it's, it's never too late to reinvent yourself or to find something that you're passionate about or maybe a hobby that you want to explore and take, uh, you know, make more serious because right now is a great time where everything is online, right? And everyone has access to these uh, tools and techniques and skills that they can then use, uh, you know, to take it to the next level. Look at me. You know, (laughs) I'm just streaming this from my small home in Vancouver. And uh, yet we've crossed 5 million downloads recently. And, you know, I don't consider myself, uh, you know, uh, a huge broadcaster. But all I'm trying to say is if I can, you know, make some semblance of, you know, of an influence, then everyone who is listening to this podcast can too as well. And we need to support each other in in these times, which is why I'm sure people are listening to this episode right now to 
to to listen to the story, which is very inspiring. <laughs> Absolutely, and I think you know what's so great about what you do, AJ, is you you are so heartfelt in everything that you put out there, mm-hmm. and I think Thank that you. authenticity is so powerful. I mean, people just want to be in your presence or, or hear and watch your podcast because they're so real. You know, they're real stories. They're real people. Mm-hmm. And you bring it out, as Felix said, you, you ask great questions and yeah. you always know what to ask and you're so intuitive. Yeah, and I also wanted to sh- uh, share this. You know, you're such a nice person. It's very rare to find nice people in today's age, especially when we interact with people online and you know we've known each other off and on for three and a half four years now and i remember that yeah. you know from time to time or via email you used to send me your kindness your blessings and inspire me and motivate me so you know it's made a difference and it's just good to know a person like yourself wow then that is so wonderful to know that <laughs> you know that helped and and supported you because again i just feel like that is so important in the world that we live in today mm. we we need to be there for each other and kindness yeah. long way and but genuine kindness not just right. you know because you want something back and that's mm. the other thing you know like um i work with a lot of people in relationships and yeah. you know you you can't like expect someone to deliver to you yeah. exactly <laughs> what you want yeah. i mean you have to really accept people for who they are and give from your heart and yeah. that's when you are have a reflection back that will serve you and will feel good yeah i but mean I, I love everything that you're doing and, and i've and i've i feel like i've watched you grow over these yeah. years you know and and i love how much your podcast has reached so many people it's really exciting well thanks thanks a lot you know i i, I I find some you know courage sometimes and energy from within that allows me to do <laughs> you know these episodes but yeah, what you're sharing is very true you know like um, and especially I'm learning when it comes to relationships and abundance it's not very linear right? it's not very transactional in nature <laughs> if you do something you know you can't keep score you know you can't wait for the other person to you know reciprocate if they do then that's great and if not the universe is much more right complex in its uh, operations and it will find a way for to to uh, reward you or to support you in some other way that you would have least expected but the moment you keep score and you keep count then you've lost it all because you're only focusing on the wrong areas and it's difficult to put into practice right uh, you got to remind yourself each and every day it's not linear it's not linear there's a sense of abundance in this world and the universe is here to conspire things for you but you got to trust yeah no absolutely i think lack and deficiency have become too many people's mantras and yeah. really there is abundance and there are amazing possibilities and you know like patanjali and yoga really talks about the eight limbs you know yeah. and we need to address them all simultaneously it's not you're right it's not linear it's multifaceted and we are multifaceted individuals and so yeah. we need to open up to all the possibilities and um, Gurdev Yogi Desai uh, always used to say expectations 
expectations or frustrations waiting to happen. That's and true. so he would say, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll never be disappointed by someone of whom you've had no expectations. So, you yeah. know, yeah. it's a different approach. That's very true. And I got to share, you know, because when we started this episode, I'm able to see our internet connections and your internet connection was like really low. It was like red almost, which is why we had that disruption mm-hmm. before. But right now, I don't know what's happened. It's like 90%. Wow. Isn't that interesting? Interesting. The internet connection is like it green. It feels our energy. Right, right, it feels our energy, exactly. So, uh, so Peggy, what kind of legacy do you want to leave in this world? What do you want people to oh, remember? Wow. Yeah, just, I guess, what you've already just said, you know, for kindness, for support. Mm. I, I mean, I feel like my mission is really about helping others live their lives with uh, more grace, more opportunity, uh, less. So if I can touch people and help people change uh, their lives so that they're living more gloriously and living in abundance, mm-hmm. whatever abundance means for them, um, that I would be so rewarded. That's wonderful. And I think. I don't know ever- Sorry, what were you saying? I don't know if I ever shared the story with you um, because I think it was last year that I got this email from a young man who had read my book, Escape from Anxiety. Mm -hmm. And it has over 100 different strategies for interrupting stress and anxiety. And um, he was so moved by it that he went and studied stress reduction at the university and had just written his own book to help his people and was asking me if I would write a preface. And he lives in Tehran. And I was just blown away by that, that my book mm. had gotten to Iran. I mean, yeah. it just, and so, again, it was so gratifying for me to hear that, that I touched someone, and now that that message is being spread even more. And yes, there are variations, everyone has their own perspective, but it's really the core message of love, light, you know, really kindness and and helping one another. And to me, that's powerful, yeah. really powerful. Yeah, I think that's that's amazing because I used to be, you know, when I heard about right growing on social media, I wanted to influence millions of people right around the world. But then I realized that's not very, it's not very fulfilling. And what's more fulfilling is to inspire one person's life. And if you Absolutely. focus on one person's life, then you will influence millions because your focus is not on looking at the group as a whole, but you are focusing on individual individuals like the person from Tehran who you connected with and he was inspired to do more research into stress. If you focus on one person, then you don't have that stress also. I need to reach 10,000 downloads. I need 100,000 you know, <laughs> 100, because it's like a greed also in, in the form, right? You always want something more. You're never satisfied. So, what you shared well, is well. That is our inspiring. human nature, to some degree. It is. It is. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. 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 It is what has brought us here. And we have to honor that too. That is a little bit of our humanness. Um, we have to accept ourselves as we are, mm. and we each need every day to work on growing. One thing that we can do better, or one thought that we can think more clearly and um, more productively, so that we can. 
be a better partner or be a better parent or mm. um, just be a better neighbor. Um, there's so many things that um, we can benefit just by having that right mindset and being more open and being willing to grow and change. So Action Tribe, I hope you received some tips, some nuggets, some ideas in terms of how you can apply these new principles in your life and experience more calm, experience more relaxation and know the true meaning of being alive here on this planet right now. And with that being said, it's now time for our wisdom round, the last round for today. Four questions so that our listeners can take note and take action. So Peggy, what is the best piece of advice that you have ever received? Um, be yourself, really own who you are. And I think it was Oscar Wilde who said, be yourself, everyone else is taken. Mm. And I think that's really important. I think too many people show up in the world trying to be someone they're not because someone gave them a message that who they were wasn't acceptable. So you need to go within and really find who you are and accept who you are in all your laws and all your wonderful gifts because we all have those gifts so balance mm. them what you're full of and give that to others and if you could turn back time and spend one hour with someone who's living or dead who would it be oh gosh there's so many people i would want to spend more than an hour with um but i guess the one that i'm most interested in really talking to is Albert Einstein because he brought science and spirituality together. He was this mathematics whiz, but he also understood spirituality. And so many of his quotes are about, you know, mind body. And so I just think it would be so cool to be able to talk to him. Wonderful. And what is it one thing you do in the morning or in the evening before you sleep that has improved the quality of your life? Um, well, really, the morning is my qigong. I love doing that first thing in the morning and just getting the qi flowing, the vital life force energy, and feeling, uh, you know, ready to face the day. Mm. And the other question is, what is one book that you'd like to recommend to our listeners? In fact, how can people get to know or get your book that you've written? Oh, yeah. So my... Um, my fiction, it, Awakening a Novel, uh, is available um, at Barnes & Noble and uh, Amazon Online. It's also available if you want a signed copy at awakeninganovel.com. And I have some backstories there and some other information there. I've actually started a Facebook group, Awakening, uh, where we share insights every day and just help motivate people to awaken in their lives and be more part of, you know, there every day because I think too many people defer uh, happiness to some future point and it's really mm -hmm. important to be happy on the path every day in each moment and mindfulness is so important um, so many books that I would recommend I mean I do love the one that I did with Gurdjieff uh, embodying the power of the zero stress zone uh, just because uh, it has such core information about life and about living and about mind-body. Um, but I also like Eckhart Tolle, The Power of Now. I love um, 
Dr. Joe Dispenza has so many. I mean, there's just so many books that I would recommend. I could give you a list. In fact, if anybody wants to like, you know, reach out to me, um, I would love to send you my list of books that I would recommend. There's just too many to summarize. Wonderful. And I also just double checked, but you were last on our podcast on episode 12. So you were within the, (gasps) you know, like the first... 15 episodes on our podcast and now we are 412 you know so Bravo. you were yeah, among the first so- you know to come on our show and you know when we were nothing you you appeared on our show so i appreciate well, I you mean, again it's a tribute to you aj because early on when we connected i yeah. just i feel your power i could feel your insights and intuition and and feel all that you had to give and also your drive. You have what they call fire in the belly <laughs> and you you, ha- you have a desire to to really bring this to so many people and you have and certainly um, made a difference. And so I'm so grateful to be part of it twice. Yeah. Thank you. And we will do many more things in the future. Hopefully some workshops as well. That. But yeah, I mean, it was great having you here. Action Tribe, uh, we'll have all the links up in the show notes as next steps. Also, if you'd like to get my free breathwork course, then go to my7chakras.com forward slash free breathwork course. It's very simple to remember my7chakras.com forward slash free breathwork course. It's for free, but I talk about the science and the why behind a breathwork practice and it'll help you get acquainted with the basics and know more about yourself. Now, uh, Peggy, you're on Instagram as well, right? I am, yes. What is your Instagram Just handle? Peggy Silfon. Peggy okay. Just my name, Peggy Easy to find me. Awesome. So, actually, yeah. Tribe, if you're on Instagram, t- take a screenshot of this episode, whether you're listening to this on your phone or maybe on your on YouTube, but take a screenshot of this and tag us so that uh, we can share your story with our community. My handle is at my7chakras and also search for Peggy, Peggy Silfon, and tag us both. If you have any feedback, comments, observations, or something that you'd like to reach out to me about, then my email is aj at my7chakras.com. That's aj at my7chakras.com. So Peggy, thank you so much for joining us on today's episode. Uh, you know, talking about self-care and relaxation and um, you know, and, and getting better sleep and all these different things that we went down into and taking us one step closer to a human revolution. Thank you, AJ. It's always a joy to be with you. I love you. I love your tribe and I love being part of it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to My 7 Chakras at my 7 That is my S-E-V-E-N chakras.com You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.